Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it, then packaged it, slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now sell it. You're gonna sell it well. The same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Daniel. And this is a story about a girl named Lucky. And you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage, (laughs) a movie podcast in which we, as a married couple, watch movies and talk about them. And typically, what we will do is alternate in kind of choosing what movie we're going to talk about. We talk about Daniel movies and Amanda movies. We talk about Godzilla and we talk about chick flicks. Exactly. We talk about horror and we talk about romance. And other things. (laughs) And last week we discussed Godzilla vs. Kong, very much a Dan movie. This week we have sort of an inversion on our usual formula. So last week was typical in that it was a monster movie brought to you by me, the monster movie guy, the creature feature guy. And not just a monster movie, but one accompanied by an antecedent from a classic era. You know, we couldn't just go to the theater and see Godzilla versus Kong and have a good time. I also had to make sure that we watched the old King Kong versus mm-hmm. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we watched that. And then I also went back and, and did the research of watching the Japanese version to see how they all compared. So that's how I approached this. That's three movies for one episode. That's not this week. So this week, what we have is... Just flipping the script, we have a romance, we have a sweet, a sentimental, a gentle movie, by all indications, should be an Amanda movie. But it's one that I had seen and you hadn't. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by my youth, my teenage years, by its connection to the X-Files and by the letter M. The letter M? Is I was trying to do movie? a Sesame Street thing. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Did you ever watch Sesame Street? Are you too young for that? What's that? I'm kidding, <laughs> yes. This is one of those movies that is so far outside my usual wheelhouse, and yet it just happened to be one that was shown in our home when I was younger, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. It's a movie that my mom likes, and it, uh, which is only one of the one of the, the first things that connects it to while you were sleeping, the Sandra Bullock movie, which we also watched not too long ago. Oh, yes. Sandy. All right, so, oh, Sandy. Sandy, yeah, as she was known at ECU, apparently. Wait, she did we gradu- talk about this? Did I, I Sandra mean, Bullock probably recently. Went to your alma mater? She did. She went to ECU. I think that's, or ECU claims her. She didn't finish. Like, she didn't graduate. <laughs> she didn't graduate. She just wasn't smart enough to hack it. She wasn't. Kidding. No, she, no, she probably to, she probably quit to become a movie star. Yeah, she moved on to greater things. She, but she's still a pirate at heart, I'm sure. Well, that's interesting. That's that's cool. I didn't, I, I didn't yeah, know, you didn't I, know that? I, you probably mentioned it to me before, but I, I definitely, we haven't talked about it on the show, but I yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what are we talking about this week? The movie is Return to Me. A high-concept but low-key romance released in the year 2000. That seems to be about the anchor point on which all of our kind of films hinge. I feel like we're doing a lot right around the the turn of the millennium there. And everyone who tried to guess on our Insta story, that's your answer. Yeah, I tried to put a little (laughs) uh, little clue up, just a little um, puzzle to solve pre How many people got it right? Just Michael. (laughs) Just your brother. In fairness, it hasn't been up very long yet, mm, so we should probably wait to get a few more answers in. Oh, yes, yeah. I'll see what the big deal is. I mean, she had a heart Here. transplant. I went with a girl once that had a club foot. I mean, she had the big shoe and everything. Grace, come on. You can hardly see it anymore. I just don't like all the questions, you know? No one's going to notice your chest. <laughs> You're not married, Linda? No, no, no. She passed away. This is my friend, Bob. His wife is dead. Hey, hey Robin! Hey, how are you? Somebody over here like a blind date for you. I already told him you've had some work done. Thank God she's not a Buick. 
He's a terrific guy. In fact, he had a transplant, too. Well, I'm still in a little pain, but uh, look how natural it looks. Go ahead, give it a tug. No, that's okay. I got somebody for you. Oh, Charlie, no. She's got a great body. <laughs> I think your ass is ringing. <laughs> Do we know each other? I think so. Oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. Here, here, Robert, I want you to meet my granddaughter, Gracie, here. Isn't she lovely? Would you go out with me? Yes. Is that a question? I met someone. I just wanted to tell you. Lovebirds, Arthur. Let's play some Frankie Sinatra. Is an earthquake. Or simply a shock. I don't know what to wear. Whatever you do, don't shave your legs. Why? Then you definitely won't let it go too far. Return to Me is the directorial debut of actress Bonnie Hunt, who also co-wrote the film with Don Lake, who I didn't realize is in the movie. He's the hair plug guy. Oh, he is? Oh, he's, wow. So he's the co-writer of the, of the script. Did not know that. They were both in the movie. Yeah. Hunt also co-stars in the film. It is the story of an architect named Bob Ruland whose wife tragically dies in a car accident. Being an organ donor, her heart is then given to a young woman named Grace who has been waiting for a transplant. Grace meets Bob and they begin a courtship, neither knowing that in the memorable line which sums up the film, Grace has Bob's dead wife's heart. Grace has Bob's dead wife's heart. <laughs> <laughs> the film stars David Duchovny in a departure from his signature role as Fox Mulder in The X-Files, at the break of the millennium, the time period that we're talking about, The X-Files was at the height of its popularity, and Duchovny was attempting to make the jump from the small screen to be a movie star in his own right. Around that time, he did a movie called Playing God with Angelina Jolie. He did this film, and he did Evolution with Julianne Moore, none of which did any numbers at the box office. Evolution was actually a big flop, unfortunately. Mm. So, Have you seen it? I, no, I haven't, actually. Oh, okay. I've only Of those three, I've only seen Return to Me kind of curious i kind of want to watch it it kind of looks like it would be fun i wonder if it is maybe underrated i would watch it because of david duchovny which is also kind of why we probably watched this film in the first place (laughs) yes it is across from duchovny is minnie driver still writing her success from goodwill hunting that's not a romantic pairing i think a lot of people would have come up with the duchovny is stone-faced and understated and might not seem like a natural choice for a romantic lead, notwithstanding. I mean, he, he obviously is a good-looking guy. Uh, he's got that good bone structure. But <laughs> it, so it's a, handsome enough for the role. Is he the type that you would have th- thought to cast? I don't know. I think he does, I think he does well in the film. Uh, and the cast is rounded out by, uh, by Bonnie Hunt herself, by Jim Belushi, Robert Loggia, David Allen Greer, and Carol O'Connor, in his last role before his death, he plays Driver's Irish grandfather uh, who works at the restaurant, and also Dick Cusack in his last role as the sponsor who likes to talk about his sizable donations. They all died. Not they all, but they both died. Well, those two older men who were playing in the, in the Aww, film. Sad. No, not all the people I just listed. Just, <laughs> I mean, not all. <laughs> just, no, just O'Connor the, and just Cusack. The, the old people. Okay. Uh, yeah, sadly. All right, so Daniel, how did you, what kind of history do you have with this movie? When did you watch it and why? I mean, I know you said your mom, but tell us more. Yeah, and it seems like it should be longer ago. The fact that this is in, came out in 2000 means I would have been a teenager when I watched it. Yeah, so it how wasn't old like, would you it been? wasn't like while you were sleeping where it was more like growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. It was, I, I would have been at least 14 by the time this came out. Is it weird that I thought it was 10 years ago? It's 2021. That 2000 was <laughs> yes. 10 years ago. It feels like it. It's funny how that happens. It's funny how that happens. I mean, Does that I happen s- when you get old? Maybe. Oh, it, oh yeah. Mm. I mean, I still feel like... 2000 just happened. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like the 80s was 20 years ago. Yeah. But that's that's not true. <laughs> and then and then tomorrow is just like two days. And then I can't do your that's a good the jerk reference. Yeah, and then and that started seeming like like a day and a half. I, <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, well, so we we were X Files fans. I'd been watching with Dad probably 
You know, it might not have been that much earlier than this. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, how many seasons do you think you got into before watching this movie? I mean, I had to do the math because I think, I feel like I really started watching it maybe around season four or five uh, as it was airing. And that would have been like 97, 98. So mm-hmm. probably just a couple of years before this came out. So, but but enough time for us to, you know, be be fans of the show. But would you, did you know that, I mean, you were probably old enough to know that that was David Duchovny and you were like, oh, he's from X-Files. Yeah. And I think that might be why we ended up watching the movie in the first place. Mm-hmm. That Mom probably thought it was interesting or, you know, because it, it, it's her kind of movie. Like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's that kind of, it's the kind of rom- romance movie that you can watch with your parents because it's PG rated. Like it's yeah. sweet. And it's she, not... she does um, give a lot of good. Uh, references for this types of movie. I mean, for me, because I enjoy them. So so that was like a double whammy, you know, because it was the mm-hmm. kind of movie that she would enjoy, but it had somebody that she was aware of. Because even, you know, I mean, part of, a big part of the popularity of the X-Files was simply the chemistry between Duchovny and Gillian Anderson on mm-hmm. the show. Uh, and so I think even people that weren't into necessarily horror or sci-fi uh, still watched still watched it and so i think there was there was there was definitely crossover appeal to be had now clearly this wasn't the movie that made his career but you know i so i think it was interesting to just say oh here he is in a totally different kind of role yeah let's see what that is like and Seeing some real romance so we ended up watching this probably a couple of times i mean i think we had the dvd uh and so it was, again it was one of those where it's like maybe the guys kind of just sit through it because the girls like it but did you end up liking it as a kid only because of the lead. Male I mean, it actor. wasn't something that I would have said. Oh, let's let's take out the DVD and put this on, you know. But well, yeah, but, but I, I mean, think it was enjoyable enough to, uh, you know. It, sometimes you just sit down and you just watch the TV, and it has a kind of a hypnotic <laughs> hold over you. Yeah. Unless it, unless it's a really terrible movie. Well, how did it compare this time? But I think that it left us with a number of. It, it became a reference point. The things that you watch with your family yeah. become so. You, it's like so. We would say, you know, Grace has Bob's head, Bob's heart, and we do you know, <laughs> just drop. Uh, and the, you know, the, some of the things that the sure that, that we remember, like the, I mean, maybe some of it we were a little bit <laughs> too young, but I remember the, you know, the line about shaving your legs as hairy legs are your only link <laughs> to reality. <laughs> um, how did it compare this time? Yeah, how did it compare? Like, yeah, did you like it more this time? Did you appreciate it more? I mean, or? I actually did. I think it's been quite a few years since I'd seen it, despite having seen it a few times. And I think I'd, I had rated it kind of low in my mind because it was more just a relic of that time and not, again, not really the kind of movie that I usually go for. Yeah. But I don't know if this is the time to start getting into kind of the review of the movie and what I think is done well or, or done poorly. Mm. I have some gripes with it, but there were a lot of things, or at least there were a few things from the very beginning that I think going back and looking at it now, I actually appreciate it more. And I think because there are some, I mean, so it, it's a debut film, right? There, there's some things that are maybe sloppy or like maybe could have been improved by a veteran filmmaker, but there are some choices that, upend cliches and there are some uh like there's some things that maybe look like they're going to be cliche but they do it in a in a fresher way than you would expect and i think there is a kind of groundedness and like old-fashioned charm to this that and we've talked about this before like when we talked about like pretty women for example but um honestly I i think stands out in against the kind of movies that are being made now. This Honestly, was already, I, oh. I think that, I mean, like you saying that, I think that it was great that in the whole movie, like they didn't sleep together. It, and it's like, oh, you can have a movie where they don't do that. And it's really sweet. Wow. It's an incredibly chaste romance, right? Yeah. It kind of makes you enjoy it more, or at least for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's one of the ways in which it seems like a throwback because the you're not dealing with that kind of a, sexual ethic yeah uh because well because she and it's built into it's baked into the plot right yeah mm-hmm. because she is so that's true. Uh, reluctant to let him know about the scar on her chest as 
So I guess we need to talk. I would. I, I mean, we gave the basic, uh, the basic premise up front. <laughs> yeah, with Bob, with Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it was. Grace took. Okay, I can't do it. Bob's dead wife's heart. Grace has has Bob's dead wife's heart. <laughs> <laughs> say that. Five you got to say fast. it quickly though, or it doesn't work. So am I right about this? Like, if I if it hadn't been me saying that, you know, I saw this when I was younger, would this have been a, a you movie? Yeah, I think for sure this would have been a me movie, but then it would have been about me. How would I have come across it? Like, I, I don't, I didn't see it, you know, recommended to me on Netflix or anything like that because it's so much older, but I feel like... I wonder if it was what the percentage would be. I know, I'm curious now. I mean, I think it would be high 90s, but... I definitely, I mean, well, we watched X-Files on Hulu. Right. So if X-Files was on Netflix, then for sure, don't you think, because of the actor? Probably. And we ended up watching this movie on Amazon Prime for those. Oh, yeah, we did. Amazon it. Prime. Yeah. I mean, so, and especially after X-Files, I would have, I would have watched it for sure. But yeah, it would be an Amanda movie. So we have been watching X-Files and we're now on season four of the X-Files how was it seeing Duchovny outside of that role and how did how did that feel? I loved it. I mean, that was one major reason why I really enjoyed the movie, just seeing him be his himself, but like the romantic side of things. Because we never get to see that with Mulder and Scully, which drives me crazy. <laughs> and I ask you all the time well, they if they're they. gonna get together. But I guess I should And I'll spoil never it. tell. We'll see. Um, but anyway, he yeah, he's a lot of fun because he's still kind of like kind of like his character in X-Files. Like he's kind of playful a little bit and I enjoy that side of him and you know, he's attractive and a lot of fun. So, yeah, he's got that really low-key humor where it's it's easy for him to make a sarcastic comment. And I think I wonder to what extent the role was conceived with him in mind because I feel like the the way that it's written gives his character a lot of those moments mm-hmm. where he 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 throws that that deadpan joke in that other people don't even get. Yeah. And uh you know, so that that really plays perfectly to his strengths as an actor. Like in the at the party where, you know, he says the line about, oh, we're going to one of those water parks for the weekend. Yeah. And the <laughs> like the yuppie couple that was like, bragging about their expensive trips just mm-hmm. looks at him and kind of, you know, he's kind of the only one that really knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that's a real good match of performer to material. Do you think they created it like for him? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I didn't find that when I was researching it. So I'd have to look it further to see. Because my understanding is that some of the actors in this film have worked with Bonnie Hunt in other context Mm -hmm. so if she already had david in mind for the role that may have influenced what she was doing but i don't i don't know that can you think of any actors or actresses that would play better than david and Minnie? if you could think of any yeah that's a hard question i i could brainstorm it a little bit because i definitely like i said in the opening don't see them as a natural couple i don't know that their chemistry is a strong point of the movie no it's not it's just i think it's the like what the movie is about it's just a kind of cool concept or just kind of i probably wouldn't picked i probably wouldn't have picked either of them to be honest yeah but But they're i they're they're both attractive so i feel like they're both kind like she's like strikingly beautiful and uh yeah i I, but i don't know well i do like that they're they're both attractive in kind of a unique way Mm -hmm. that because you could have people that are really blandly attractive yeah and driver has a very distinct look and actually, so does Duchovny, but and they both have kind of those square features. Like she's, they both got that real strong jaw. Yeah, but <laughs> like someone else, you know. Just but I, but I was thinking about because again, I said I wouldn't have necessarily thought of him as a romantic lead. But if you, but you know, imagine somebody like Richard Gere. Yeah, who of plays course, against like in Julia Roberts. Who plays against thing. Julia Roberts a lot? Mm-hmm. Is Duchovny really doing that much less than Gear? Like they both kind of do that stone face thing. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have any kind of grit at all in this to play. Mm -hmm. His character is so, and really hers too, 
are so kind of innocent and impure. Yeah. And they don't really have, they don't even really have like an argument in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to see him kind of dig into that. Like I feel like Gear has that kind of dark side to him where he can, you think he can be a real bastard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and they're like Bob Ruland in this has none of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really can't think of anybody else. But maybe I'm not trying too hard. It, I would kind of have to plant myself back in that time period mm-hmm. and think, you know, who else was making these movies, uh, you know, at that point. Matthew McConaughey. Kidding. No, I, I don't think. I was only just thinking of our um, How to Lose a Guy one we did. Mm-hmm. Nah. You'd need somebody... You need somebody a little, he can't be like a 20 something because mm-hmm. he's got to feel worldly. You know, he's got this whole life that he's, that's just been ripped away from him. But yet. I need someone who's going to be really distraught about his wife. I can think there's probably people that would have, I think there's probably more natural actors that could have pulled this off. Like, I mean, Cody, for as much as I like him and I, it has maybe a, a limited range. And, you know, I don't know how much I buy the, like the crying scene. Yeah, his crying face is kind of hilarious. And I feel like it's kind of the same as in X-Files. He's like smiling. Did you notice that? that? Okay, but maybe that's just his face, right? I know, but it's a weird crying face. It's actually kind of funny. And I was thinking about that. If you're an actor, you have to do these emotional scenes. (laughs) And, you know, the only way to really do them in a way that's believable is to kind of do it how you would do it if you were very, very upset. And so... There's a, that's a vulnerable thing to say, okay, everybody in the world is going to see what I look like when I cry. Yeah. Man. Poor David. Anyway, uh, so when we started watching the movie, Daniel started talking about all the cliches in rom-coms or <laughs> romedies because this is a romance drama. Oh, sorry. I said romedy. That's comedy. Well, I mean, it's kind of that. It, like, it, it feels like I would call it There's a... humor in it. I would maybe... And this derisively call it a chick flick because it's not it's not as much a comedy like it's more of a romance Mm -hmm. yeah anyway what uh major cliches did you notice in this movie well here's an idea because i think i would have to kind of comb through it to figure out what those cliches are why don't you amanda take us through the plot and then if we notice any cliches we can call them out all right, you'll be better at this than me because cliches kind of go over my head because I probably enjoy them. Oops. Okay. All right, let's, let's see. Okay. Okay, okay. Before you dive into this, I will say the very first, the, the opening of the movie uh-huh. was the first time I noticed it and when we were talking about this mm-hmm. because it is, I think, a rom-com cliche and maybe in other genres too. This is a pretty common way to open a movie, but especially rom-coms uh, is the second unit footage of the skyline of a city mm-hmm. as a upbeat pop song plays yep. over the credits and uh, that so so that seems like a really kind of just obvious and way to open a movie yeah come to think of it i feel like there's been a lot of hallmark movies or like the you know like the christmas ones so many where they've started with the like the scene of the city. They always do it. Always. And I never think about it until you said that the other night. So when I see that now, even in movies that I like, I'm kind of like, man, they could have come up with a more creative way to do this. But like, what what could they have done? What would your opening scene be in a movie like this? To its credit, mm-hmm. this is one of the ways that I think this movie actually plays with or subverts the usual cliche. Because it does start with the overhead shot of the city, but... That turns out to be a kind of elaborate crane shot that zooms in with no obvious cut to show us Ruland on the roof. And I'll start explaining the plot. Okay. (laughs) So, as Daniel said, it starts out zooming in on him on a big old building because the main character, Bob, which is hilarious because he is a builder. No, he's an architect. He's an architect, right? I guess he seems like he seems like a foreman. Like he's always doing the plans. So I guess he's an architect, but yeah. he's, he's right down there on the ground with these crews. Anyway, he's Bob the Builder. He was Bob the Builder in my head the whole time. Um, I mean, Greer's character even says that. Calls he him Bob, does the builder. Bob the Builder. And wait, did you ever look up if it was before or after this? Maybe the Bob the Builder came out. 
I didn't. I can look it up while you... You look it up while I talk about it. Okay. So, um, this movie is about a man who uh, is a builder and he is married and he is making plans to build a big home for the gorillas. His wife is like a, a vet, I believe. And she is basically like... Shoot, what's the girl's name? Jane... The one that talks to monkeys. You're talking about in Tarzan or? (laughs) No, you know the lady that's all like the gorilla whisperer. Anyway, Jane Goodall. Is that her name? That sounds right. Anyway, so she's all about the gorillas. And so, of course, they do a fundraising thing. And she is like, blah, blah. Help us build a place for monkeys. I'm sorry, gorillas. And then, of course... Then he, I was gonna say, flash forward, flash forward. Um, we find out that she dies in a in a tragic car accident. All right, put in a pin in it. That seems like a possibly a cliche, yes. considering the fact that you were predicting it the entire time. Yeah. Wait. I. Oh, yeah. I was. That's right. Because I think I even said it before it you happened. Did. I did. Yeah. And I didn't even know what this movie was about. So there it is. Okay. So that happens, and then oh, and then the, of course, let's also point out that the uh, the wife that he leaves behind must be a a saint right oh yes oh i'm sorry i skipped a part so also there's this other story about this girl in a hospital bed and we're like what in the world is going on here because also she was not cute in the bed they made her look really like deathly with blue lips anyway so i'm like who's this girl what's gonna happen so yeah, that's happening. So then you put two and two together and you're like, oh. so then you find him bloody with like weird blood stains that doesn't even make any sense. Um, the blood splatter does look pretty artificial. It really was. I was like, that's silly. Um, and then, you know, there's, oh, sorry. They had a dog together and the dog like loves the mom. I'm sorry, his wife, who is his mom. And... He always waited at the door. And I have a question for you. Did you cry the first time you watched this at that scene? Because it got me good. I have no idea. Were you emotional? Probably not. I don't think as a... It it probably makes me more emotional now than it would have at that time. I had to hold back tears. And I'm not... I'm a cat lover. But that dog at the door, man, it got me. Yeah, I get you. I was just like, poor little... Poor little pup. Anyway, so of course he has to keep his promise to his wife that he's going to build this. I was going to say terrarium, but that's not true because I don't know something like that. Terrarium it's is a, for insects oh, or a, something. An an ape enclosure. An ape planetarium. I don't know. I made that up. I didn't make that word up. It's a real word. Anyway, so planetarium of the apes. <laughs> planetarium of the apes. So then, uh, we get to see the other story about the girl who you know just so happens to need a heart and she got one surprise surprise and so then flash forward a year later he's doing the plant bob the builder is building and then i can't even remember her name grace oh, oh wait let's let's i i uh sorry I did we past forget this. our cliches well just that like being an architect is is like the most rom-com profession oh, for the male yes. lead to have it's like being a writer. Like you, it's so cliche established there. What about having the woman have like a bunch of friends around? Is that cliche? Like having it might be a trope. I don't know if like, it's a cliche. Having all the father mother figures around is that a cliche? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, it's been done. I don't know if it's a cliche. I think it's it's I'm not good at maybe cliches. well, it's it's maybe common for her to be missing one or more parents. Oh, she was. That's right. Because she, so she. In this case, her only father, her only parental figure is her grandfather. Her grandfather, who is an Irish, he is the owner of an Irish Italian restaurant. His friend is Italian, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so she's a waitress. There's cliche. Is that cliche? I mean, waitress is a common one. Anyway, so of course, somehow they meet. Um, and they just so happen to be at the same place at the same time. The restaurant there, there's a cliche. The cliche is that he is on a blind date with a 
woman and then they like talk to each other. Which is a pretty funny scene. That was that was a really good scene. I loved it. Anyway, I'll keep going. So yeah, so then they meet each other and then oops, he leaves his phone. Mm-hmm. Check. Um I was just saying that was another one. Cause she has to, you know, find out whose phone that is. Right. And then he's like, I want to meet that girl. And so, oh, wait, also before, oh, wait, another thing. Wow, I'm forgetting everything. They happen to go to the place where he's building the monkey place. Right. And she wants to throw out the letter that she's like, thank you for giving me a heart. And they bump into each other almost kind of. And, of course, Mm -hmm. her heart beats a lot. Her dead wife heart beats. (laughs) (laughs) Dead wife heart. Dead wife heart. Well, and we also have the best friend character played by Bonnie Hunt, who Mm -hmm. seemingly exists only to console and motivate Grace in her search for, you know, her man. And She's a lot of fun, though. Her and her husband are a lot of fun. Yes. I enjoy them. Minnie and David start dating. I'm sorry, Grace and Bob. Bob. Such a lame name. (laughs) The greatest name. No offense to everyone out there who's named Bob. But, you know, anyway, Bob the Builder. So then things happen. I shouldn't give everything away. And then everything you expect probably to happen, happens. Probably. What you would expect is that Grace uh, finds out after she has met and started to started to date Bob. She finds it in his pocket. She finds out le- that. Or whatever. That his wife, you know, was the one who, who whose heart that she received in the transplant. And of course, she cannot immediately figure out how to tell him. Yeah. But originally, she doesn't find that out. Originally, she's just worried that mm, if he yes. knows that she had the transplant to begin with, right? Because she spends most of the movie like covering her chest and like trying to make sure he doesn't even see yeah, that that happened. That so, bothers me. Mm-hmm. Did it bother you? Do you feel like she should have told him sooner? Yes. And it find it, I find it kind of difficult to believe that it went that long. Yeah, I... I was like, for sure, she could have told him earlier. So the one character having a secret that she can't reveal to the other character and constantly dancing around it, big, that's a big one. That's a big cliche. Yeah, that's true. There's your cliche. But again, is that is that a cliche or is that simply a device that can be played well or poorly? It's certainly been done a lot. Yeah, it could have, could have been a little sooner. That would be more believable at least. Speaking of things that have been done before, as we're looking at the romance genre of which you perhaps are more acquainted, did this remind you of other movies? And if so, which ones? Well, I know that we've kind of talked about The Sleepless in Seattle. Wait, was it Sleepless in Seattle? Or was it the other one? What while you were one? sleeping? No, while, <laughs> not Sleepless in Seattle. No, while you were sleeping. Sorry, there's a lot of sleeping Or was ones. it both? I mean... Kind of. I mean, there's two characters trying to get together. And there are things that they're trying to hide. They're trying to keep from them. Oh, wait. And then there's... The, but then while you were sleeping, she got together with the brother, though. Yes. But there's family involved. There's always family involved. That's a lot of them. And they love her and stuff like that. They well, loved him. Are you suggesting that this... Movie has many things in common with while you were sleeping. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because I think it's pretty now I'm thinking funny about it more that those like these were the two like rom coms from this era that were commonly watched in our home, and I think that they're very much alike in a lot of ways. Tell me now, more. They don't I... have the same tone. Mm-hmm. While you were sleeping is more overtly comic, mm-hmm. and actually I would say more cliche laden. Yeah, because after all, it ends with you know, the wedding that gets interrupted and that sort of thing. So it's really more of a cliche movie, but it's more of a comedy. Um, It was also wildly successful, whereas this movie just barely made its budget back. How how many years apart? Like when was... They're about five years apart. I think think While You're Sleeping was 95. This was 2000. Oh, okay, okay. But I I came up with a list on ways in which these two movies are similar. Please go on. Okay, so Return to Me, While You're Sleeping are the same movie because, mm-hmm. point one, they there is a love triangle with a third character who was unable to influence the story. In oh, but While You Were like... Sleeping, it's because he's in a coma and in mm. 
returned to me, it's because she is she deceased. Did. So that's the first thing. Second thing, the main character has a secret that she cannot reveal to her love interest, which involves a personal connection that is likely to be read as a betrayal. He or she is constantly trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it's the heart transplant. In the other movie, it's the fact that she was never actually engaged to Peter Callahan. Yeah, yeah. Number three, big family dynamic. The lead character gets drawn into the web of their interests, colorful extended family. So that's a big thing in both these, of these movies. Mm-hmm. AKA the extended family is the restaurant crew. Right. It's her her grandfather and all of his friends. Oh, and, and the friends. And yeah, Bonnie, yeah. yeah. As well as that. Bonnie laughs. Whereas Duchovny in this one really doesn't have anybody except for Charlie, uh, the, the friend dog? played by oh, David sorry. Alan Greer. Yeah, the friend who tries to set him up with all these weirdos and he doesn't understand why they're weird. And it's like his wife was his really good friend. And I'm like, come on, you can do better than that for your for the dead wife friend <laughs> husband. You know, anyway, I know they had mm. to do it because like, ha ha, funny. But like, you know, do better. Anyway. Point number four. They're both Chicago movies. Wait, were they really both Chicago? Mm-hmm. I did notice the river, the Chicago River, in, um, in the opening scene. But I forgot about the other one. Okay. In While You Were Sleeping, she works for the transit company. And in this movie, obviously, it's set in the, the Irish-Italian restaurant, which is, is you know played by a real restaurant somewhere in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's actually called. Hmm. You got any more? Yep. Wow. Number five. Okay. <laughs> They both feature Dick Cusack, the guy who played, um, you know, my, what did he keep saying? My sizable donation. Oh, that one. He's a, he plays a doctor in While You Were Sleeping. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, didn't know that. Number six, they both feature a female lead who at or near the end of the film goes to Italy. Wait, she went to Italy too? Wow. Her no whole wonder. thing was that she wanted to go to Florence and then at the end he finally takes her. Now, it's not on screen, but she tells us that they did finally they went to Did they copy Gunna. while you were sleeping, kind of? <laughs> they did. So that's a pretty convincing list. My number seven is just that they're both PG movies that your mom loves. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. Shout out to my mom, but yeah. <laughs> I think my mom and dad liked it too. Or so they claimed. Anyway, did you have a favorite scene, actor, actress? I do really like the blind date scene, and I like the fact that the way that Bob and Grace kind of begin to show interest in one another is that they have a shared disdain for his date, Mm. and that he finds her petty act of vengeance to be funny, and they kind of share this. So it's not even like, oh, I just think she's so beautiful and I'm knocked out. Like, but he thinks he finds her like her cunning and her humor amusing. Uh, and so I think that's a nice kind of touch that mm-hmm. he comes in with this terrible woman who he's been set up with, who's going on and on about the water. That was know, a the- great scene. Also, the fact that Daniel got to quote that at the at uh, Virgil's the other day. <laughs> I don't want Swiss water. I got sick of it. Our waitress did not catch the reference. She needs to watch Return. This is definitely not a movie I would expect the average person to know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. If I, <laughs> I mean, like. If, if I say uh, nobody puts a baby in a corner, I think she's going to get that. Right. If I say I don't want Swiss water, I don't think that's going to go over. And she's gonna just going to think that you're... Uh, I'm, I really like... And this is one of the ways that I think by looking back at it later that I've, I know more of film and I kind of... like I really appreciated Robert Loggia as the uh, the cook as Angelo. Uh, and I liked that he was part of the group with... He was the Italian one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And their, their chats about... You know, Sinatra and all, oh, all that the crooners. Oh, that was cute. That was cute. A lot of my favorite stuff in this is that kind of texture that is added around the sides. Uh, it's the interactions of the old folks at the at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's also, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, <gasps> Jim Belushi. Oh, I know him and in the a wife. small supporting part as Bonnie Hunt's husband, who's just excuse me. There's a cat. Who's just this kind of, you know, well, of course he's Jim Belushi, so he's a slob and a kind of a brawler type, but the way they use him is pretty smart. And I think all those scenes with him are funny. Yeah. All those scenes with like uh, him and Bonnie, those were laugh out loud scenes for me. Like they're, and I think as a child, like, you know, some of the like scenes about 
them trying to get the kids to go to bed, you know, so they can get together. What is she doing? There's a cat doing things. Anyway, that... <laughs> um, those would have probably gone over some children's heads. But that was... Those were really... Oh, and we can't forget the part about when he tries to set up the priest with Grace. And he's like... Oh, I'm just, I'm just not ready to Christ. do without it yet. <laughs> yes, the, that was a really great scene. But I think without that, it wouldn't have been as funny. So those... And then I did enjoy the old people. Because, I, you know, I love old people. Yeah. Yeah. The the grandpa, so sweet, so sweet. But then just having the old men at the table and I think them peeking out the window and just being really interested in the couple was really sweet. And so that's probably why I really liked the movie. Yeah. Well, the scene. fact that they, they're looking out for Grace in a way that they are then bringing Bob in proactively, I think that is a nicer dynamic than the usual like like shotgun approach where it's like don't you you know go near my girl or that sort of thing that you kind of expect from the people who are looking out for her yeah. like instead of it's like oh they're like oh you know his wife's dead like they they think he's <laughs> they know he's an eligible bachelor they're trying to set he's her like, up he's like oh his wife's dead <laughs> but just to go back for just a second to the the Belushi thing uh, I like the way that they play that dynamic where he's not just a buffoon, mm-hmm. but even though he's kind of, I mean, he kind of has that role, but you almost think she's going to be so exasperated with him that Grace is going to look at their life and think this isn't something that she would ever want to imitate. But the fact that Megan, who is the character that Bonnie Hunt plays, also just kind of loves him and kind of, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a duality to that mm-hmm. relationship. And so I think that was a that was a nice a kind of way to, to, to play that relationship. Yeah, I like that she didn't complain about her husband or anything like that. Like she would roll her eyes and everything, but they didn't show them, you know, talking down to each other or anything like that. They had a dynamic that worked for them. Yeah, it was it was great. Well, I'd ask you the same thing. Did you have a favorite character or a subplot? Or you kind of already said about the, yeah, I the, mean, the priest or I think yeah, my well, I really like I did like the scene with the the blind date. I I really liked that one, mm-hmm. even though it made me like kind of uncomfortable because I was like, oh, she's she's annoying that date or that yeah his date is annoying, but I did I did like the build up to the the priest coming in because I was laughing my butt off. <laughs> that was good, so good. Uh, was there anything that didn't work for you that you thought uh, should have been should have gone differently or? I don't know. I don't know if. They just didn't want us to care too much about the wife, but I just didn't have much of a connection with her. So the only reason why I was sad is because the dog was sad that, you know, (laughs) the wife wasn't coming home. So I guess I didn't really believe that, you know, that dynamic that he really, you know, loved his wife. I I don't know. But I, I guess that would have taken too much from the movie. Yeah, maybe. It's it's funny you say that because one of, that's one of the things I really noticed this time around was how gradually the film builds. It's for a rom-com, again, I know it's more of a romance, we said, it's almost two hours long, mm-hmm. which is, is long for this type of movie. Usually you get anywhere from 90 to maybe 100 minutes, but it, it really takes its time establishing something that you is kind of a foregone conclusion, which is that this wife's not going to be in the picture because the movie's about the other two people, right? So a little bit of a shame, especially because I think I think Julie Richardson, who plays his his wife, is one of those actresses that does not just get enough appreciation. I feel like she's often on the fringes playing third or fourth fiddle, and so it is here. Yeah, she barely had, she probably had a few minutes on the screen. I mean. But more than she might have. Like, I feel like there are some movies that would yeah. have done that entire plot in the pre credit sequence. Yeah. And you would have started at like minute eight or something with, mm-hmm. uh, he's already got a dead wife and he's, you know. so Yeah, that's true. They And I mean, they didn't show the, they didn't show her getting in a car crash. Maybe, maybe if they did that, I would have felt more for her or him but it just kind of like you know we had to assume that that's what happened so i was like okay cool but 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I did like the build up with uh, him and Grace. Like, I liked that it wasn't, you know, super quick. Like, they had to just kind of have awkward times. And, like, I liked that he walked in on the old people and they were like, come sit down. It was it was kind of like, you know, fun and flirtatious. Mm. Yeah, the movie takes its time. And I think for the most part, it benefits from doing so. I, if you ask me what I want to, what I want this movie to be two hours long, I probably would have said no. Maybe the stuff that doesn't work for me is the, like the, gorilla stuff. Yeah, there's not that much of it, thankfully. But like that's yeah. her big dream is to build a, a slightly larger gorilla enclosure in the middle of the city. Is kind of like yeah, okay. That was I, not that was not the, I I didn't really enjoy that either. Not because I don't like animals, but. It was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Silly. Mm. I get good. They had to think of something. Uh-huh. It's, but it, it's just like when he kind of, a, quote, unquote, kind of accomplishes his goal on behalf of his bride, then it's like, okay, well, fine. Good good, good for you. you yeah. Know? I know we already talked a little bit about this. We talked about the crane shot at the beginning. Were there any shots, edits, anything filmmaking-wise that you noticed in terms of how the movie was put together that made an impact? I liked when the... None was riding on the bike. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. No, I can't think of any, you know, other than that great scene with the nun on the bike. No, I, I did like when they zoomed in on him, even though, you know, it's cliche, but I did like when they zoomed in, especially because he was a builder. Thought that was cool. I don't want to harp on this too much. I do think that that early sequence with Julie Richardson before she dies and up to and including the next day is a maybe a little bit mishandled i think it's it was it was, it was going to be very hard regardless to kind of go to that dark place and then rebound to a lighter place that scene elicits emotion but i do think it's a little clunky in the way that it's done with the it's, dog at the door that scene yeah well we already yeah. talked about the we talked about the blood as well how it doesn't doesn't really read mm-hmm. as and and to be fair, in real life, a lot of stuff doesn't look the way that you think it would. Yeah. You know, like when you uh, sometimes the an artificial like blood splatter looks actually more real to us than real blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually anyway, that's not really the point. But and then there's some interesting like dissolves that I, there's an old editing saying if you can't solve it, dissolve it. That if you can't figure out how to cut something, that you use the little you know use the the two scenes slowly verging into one another i've used a couple of times and there's something again there's something inherently wrong with that approach just it kind of at some point i was like is it just because they really didn't know what to do with this um but yeah it's not a movie that looks particularly distinctive if you you're watching it you're not going to know who directed it or whatever but uh, i mean i think it for the most part does what it needs to do i don't always get to this question but i always want to ask it did you, was there a theme or a message in the movie that you found? What did you think the, you know, it was trying to say, if anything? Keep your heart open. <laughs> Keep your open. Keep your alive heart open. You can't, <laughs> you can't see how I'm looking at you, but like, <laughs> I'm kidding. Accept people if they have your dead wife's heart inside of them. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? I can come up with some more. Did, do we think that there's an idea here that, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's, a, there's an idea of right fate or destiny, clearly, as the guy says, maybe the heart was meant to be with you. You know, the idea that it's making its way back to Bob, regardless of who, whose body it's in. Oh, because the movie's called Return to Me. That's what it's called. That's the movie. So what you're saying is the theme of the movie is you have one love. That's not what you're saying. Uh, that's one way to interpret it. Don't give up on your loves. You know, I'm not very good at knowing what the themes are. I just say, ooh, that's pretty. That's funny. I like that. This is why you have two different perspectives talking about this movie. One who knows about things, a.k.a. Daniel. Well, I was just curious if anything jumped out to you. I'm not necessarily saying, I mean, I certainly I don't, certainly don't think it is a message movie. I think it is a movie intended primarily to make audiences have a good cry and a good laugh. Some people cried. Some people did not. 
but there are there are emotional points. It's it's a melodrama, but it it uh, it works on it works to elicit. Your... I think the theme of the movie is don't lie to people. Be who you are, and they'll accept you eventually after they learn that you had their dead wife's heart. You you really that's that's it that you've got take the first part of that though that was true though do do you think do you you, (laughs) did you feel like Bob was too good to be true in this like was he was he overly like like affectionate and without flaw yeah he wasn't real like I think about the time that he comes and he's bought her this bike and everything to try to like figure out what's wrong with her and all this stuff. Like I'm just like, okay, has he done any? Has he had one misstep? I, I don't think that not knowing how to microwave popcorn counts as a character flaw. Yeah, that's true. That was really weird. Like, who does not know how to microwave popcorn? That was strange. I wanted to know what you were getting at with this. Are you trying to say that Bob wasn't real? I mean, obviously he wasn't real. That's not really the question. I just, I just did it. Did it at some point get to you? You're like, okay, he's like, like, like ridiculously the perfect dude. I think I didn't even think of that because I always go into things thinking, oh, this is a movie. Like, this isn't real life. Nothing is ever like he's real handsome. Life. He's successful. Yeah. He's funny. Was it all he a dream? dotes over her. He doesn't, you know, uh, he doesn't ever like, like push her or do. But anything. then when she said that. She had his dead wife's heart. Sorry, I like saying that line. Um, he was like, I can't be around you. So look, he left. But then he, he came back. He had a very understanding found. emotional response. A very, mm-hmm. Excuse me. He had a very understandable emotional response. Okay, yeah, And conducted himself in a way that was maybe not comforting to her because she didn't know what he was thinking when he went off, but certainly not retaliatory or anything like that. Maybe he was just the perfect man. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is. Ten and that's why ten. I've modeled myself after him ever since. <laughs> you are correct, sir. I'm kidding. <laughs> Where's my new bike? <laughs> Just kidding. I need to gift it's you a... It's on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Facebook Market. I need to gift you a bike for myself to go bike riding. Uh, so what are we going to oh, rate Lord. this out of? Out of dead wife heart? Uh, dead wife's we heart? We got to stop saying that. I know. We, yeah, we need, we come, need we to stop saying that. <laughs> Something else. How about out of uh, gorillas? Uh, Planetariums. No wait. How about Chinese t- food? Sorry, uh, I Swiss saying. waters. Swiss water bottles. Both Swiss water bottles. Water bottles. Aquafina bottles filled with tap bottle botters. What did I say? Water bottles. Aquafina bottles filled with tap water. Swiss. It's got some mouthful. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We'll do out of. Oh, Swiss. Wait, no, what was it? What, what was he kept? Ordering for the dog for dinner. Was it know, Chinese popcorn? food? Oh, chi- was it for the dog? I thought it was for both of them. Didn't he just put it? Didn't he just open it up and put it on a, the dog's plate and give it to the dog? <laughs> Probably he was kind of. He was kind of clumsy. Tell you what, uh, bachelors and movies have a real have real dysfunctional relationships with their dogs. Mm. Why are you thinking of one right now? I was thinking of bob ruland and returned to me i was also thinking of brad pitt in once upon a time in hollywood oh yes 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 that's a good one that's a Eating good the reference. dog macaroni and mm, cheese yes okay should we do swiss swiss waters? all right all right yeah so uh, amanda what would you give return to me out of five swiss waters all right i'm gonna say four swiss waters because even though it was an oldie it was a goodie and it it kind of checked a lot of boxes for me it was just like a feel-good romance, drama, comedy for me. And that that's just like all the things that I want when I'm like flipping through like, what am I going to watch tonight? You know, it was it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I Good. I'm really glad. I looked over at one point and I, I felt like there was a little uh, a little moisture in your, oh, in your eyeball. Oh, there for and I was, sure was. Definitely. I thought it, was, it was working. Yeah. It was, I was trying to keep it down, especially with that dog scene. Anyway, how many Swiss waters would you give it? I'm afraid I'm going to undersell it. Because I feel like I under, I undersold Godzilla last week. I mm-hmm. think if I had, had it to do again, I would have given it an extra 0.5. It's really hard to rate things, you know. I know. Because like I said, I felt better about it this time. And I feel like it's a reasonably good example of its genre. Uh, I feel like it 
you know, it's got that, again, that kind of, it's got a kind of an old fashioned quality and texture to it that seems all the more desirable in our present time. That said, I think I would give it, I'm going to give it three. Oh, that's pretty good. Three Swiss water balls out of five. So uh, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's positive. It's above average. I, I do like the movie. It's, you know, but I think this is often enough to see it is like, I mean, I don't probably haven't watched it in like 15 years or something like that. And wow, uh, this is, is this the second time you've seen it ever? No, we watched it multiple times when I was younger. I don't know how many times total, but we've talked about what its merits are. And I think those are, those are plenty all the same. It's so far out of being a Dan movie. It's just not something I'm going to go back to, you know, uh, but I I think it's a pretty good example of, of its type of film. Yay. Three is good. Three is a good one. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I, I guess I hadn't really, hadn't really said it. I do like Minnie Driver. And I think that she, she has a good presence in the movie. It's kind of nice, that little scene where she goes to Italy and, um, you know, and talks with the guy. And, and like, she's, she's trying to paint. She's the only one who can't paint because she's distraught over, uh-huh. you know, thing. He comes up and listens to her whole story. Interestingly... I I was reading an interview with Driver um, that was done I don't know, a year or two ago, uh, looking back on the making of the film, which she was seemed very effusive about how great it was to work with everybody on this project. She said there was a story where they were in Italy and it's like, oh, you know, it's awesome. Like you want to film on location in Italy, you know, but they, they were shooting at this restaurant or whatever. And despite the fact they had cleared it ahead of time, like the restaurant owner decided suddenly that, you know, they didn't want all these like all this crew and stuff like crawling over their restaurant while their patrons were dining. So they basically weren't going to let them shoot. Oh, wow. And that apparently Duchovny told Driver, he's like, 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 let your hair down, like, go talk to the guy, like be an Italian. She apparently speaks some Italian. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of like schmooze him a little bit. So she goes over and like is trying to talk like kind of rough, like Italian, like signing to him and stuff and basically tells him the entire plot of the movie and like what it is that the, that, you know, they're trying to accomplish and, like the whole story about the guy coming in and this mm-hmm. and that. And she said that he was like, he was really into it and like was <gasps> so moved by it or whatever that or just, you know, that he, they, he changed his mind and let them do the, do the scene. Wow. So, that's fun. Didn't mm-hmm. know that. that so was it's a cool little tidbit. About yeah. This. That was a good one. Oh, so what's on your nightstand? Hey, you know what? We did this whole thing without really doing any uh, any major spoiler talk. Although, did I, we not? I feel like it was kind of. Well, we didn't call it out. We didn't talk about the ending. We didn't say what happens at the end. I mean, you can probably figure it out based on what kind of uh, movie it is. But um, that was that was reasonably good. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the well, I was gonna say I feel like the big spoiler is that she got. His wife's heart, but that was in the very beginning. So I mean, that's that's the whole story. That is the so. whole story. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that was our review of Return to Me. As we mentioned, you can watch this on Amazon Prime. There's also a DVD and a Blu-ray. So if you'd like to catch up with it, it sounds like you'd be your sort of thing. Then uh, it Check is it widely available. Mm, so. I... Anyway, sorry to preempt you before you went on that. Oh, yeah. I was asking what's in your wallet. I mean, what's on your nightstand? All right. Well, we just we just watched a movie called Party Girl. So fun. Which, if I recall, we put on a list at some point because it was supposed to have some relationship to Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like but it's supposed I, to be similar to Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think it was from your podcast that we listened to. Was it really? Yeah. I thought. Are you sure? I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe, no, maybe I, I looked up. Sorry. No, I looked up. Um, breakfast at Tiffany's, and they were saying, you know, if you like this, then check this out because this is like party. Girl. Because she's a New York socialite mm-hmm. who has to figure out her life. So this is a reverse Ugly Duckling story, where instead of the librarian figuring out she's hot, the hot girl decides to become a librarian. It's from 1995. It stars Parker Posey as a the titular party girl who is, I guess good at going to parties and putting on her makeup and that's and having lots of outfits mm-hmm. some uh, good club mixes and has there. no real other <laughs> skills that she knows of this is a dirt cheap indie and looks it and not only does it look as cheap as it is and I, and I looked it up the budget was something like 
like 150,000. Like it was incredibly cheap. Oh, wow. And, but not only is that, but there appears to be no Blu-ray release of this movie. Really? There's only DVDs and that might go some ways towards explaining why all of the streaming services that we looked at, and it's on quite a few. You can find it for free on Tubi. It's on Peacock. There's a number of different ones that have a version of this movie, but they all seem to be the same version. And that version is a full screen presentation. IMDb says the movie was shot in 185, which means it should be wide. It should be like a 169 presentation. That cut, as far as I can tell, isn't available. Hmm. So somebody's done this movie dirty, maybe because it didn't make them any money. I don't know. But like, there's just doesn't seem to be a good version of this out there anywhere. Uh, I know nobody's listening to this. If I had a platform, I would say, hey, somebody get, get the census of and make a Blu-ray of it. Did you like it enough? The movie was, so when I, when it started, I thought it was very bad. The <laughs> acting is not great. The mm-hmm. script is all over the place. The thing is just barely hanging together. As, it, as we watched it, it kind of grew on me because mm-hmm. there were a couple of good laughs in it. And even if they were just really weird things, like the way she was dancing in her apartment. That was or, so funny. So it's idiosyncratic the way that these small films tend to be. So there's a, there's kind of a personal vision to this. And I always find that much more interesting than the, in some ways anyway, than like a big studio aesthetic. So you can tell somebody really put their heart and soul into this, mm-hmm. even though, it, again, it's, it's pretty shaggy. I don't know that I would go out of my way to recommend it. I think, I, it's... I think it was fun. I mean, if people watch, you know, movies that are kind of like, eh, like way over a Hallmark movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because it was something different. And I, I think sometimes watching something different is just fun to throw out there. You know? It is. It's it's very it's light on plot and I don't know that the that the dialogue is sharp enough to completely make up for the fact that it doesn't have that much plot. But if you enjoy techno music. But it's got it's got some good bits in it and uh it, it is kind of doing its own thing in that maybe a little bit of a link later sort of feel to that um kind of a loose uh mid 90s party movie so that i think if if you're into that that uh particular brand then it might be a fun watch did you what about the scene where she was putting all the books away and dancing in the library that was fun. yeah that was a good scene and the part where she (laughs) yells at the guy for you know not putting the book away (laughs) out of order there's a lot of good little scenes there's some good little scenes i the scene is not greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Amanda, what about you? What the show that I've been watching most recently is called Cruel Summer, and I feel like some of my friends have suggested it to me. Um, I think I'm only on like, uh, I don't know, episode three or four, um, but it's actually it's like on TV right now. But I watched it on Hulu because like there's new episodes coming out. I think it's like every tuesday at 10 or something anyway um so it's about a girl who goes missing over it's told over three summers which is kind of interesting it's in the 90s 1990s and it compares three different summers together so you'll get okay. like i don't know night i can't remember what no, it we're is. really like, full-on 90s nostalgia now i know look at this wow i felt like it was going to be 80s forever and now we've moved on to people have nostalgia for the 90s Woo! 90s 90s stuff um because 30s anyway uh so she there's this girl Jeanette who kind of like takes over Kate's life so Kate goes missing and yeah so it's kind of just telling about her summer kind of like how this girl Kate goes missing it's kind of it's kind of weird it's dark they're teenagers I think she's like Seventeen. Oh, so she's like fifteen. How dark? Is it like thirteen reasons why dark? Not as dark as well. I don't know. We didn't get there yet. No, definitely not thirteen reasons why. That was very dark. Good storyline, but definitely not as dark. But I don't know. I I don't know if I'm into it or not yet. Like I said, I think I'm like on episode three, maybe four. Um, but (laughs) like I was telling Daniel, the girl who plays Jeanette. Like, the way that she talks is just really annoying to me. Like, her mouth, her lips don't match. (laughs) I'm serious. If anybody has watched this, like, please tell me you agree. It's not like an ADR thing? Like, she's not dubbing her lines? I don't know. It's just, like, her face is weird. It's like her lips don't move as much as 
they should when she's talking. It just, it's weird. I don't know. Strange. Especially when she's younger. I don't or you're know. You're going to have to show me a, a scene from the show or something so I can see what you're talking I about. I don't know if it's just me, though. So, like, I, I want to hear from other people. Yeah, it's, oh, apparently it's a thriller. So, you know, I like thrillers. <laughs> the, <laughs> your, your most contentious genre. What do you mean by that? Oh, drama thriller. There you we go. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do know. The fact that we can never determine what a thriller is and you always act like you're afraid of it. I know. Well, I don't know. It is kind of, it did have me on edge for some of the scenes, like, you know, because it's about someone like kidnapping her, which I don't really know. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but if you're into like teenager shows in the 90s and like some mysteries, it's kind of like a mystery. I guess you should watch it. I don't know if I can even suggest it because I haven't watched so much of it. But you know. you're you're in the in the thick of it. <clears throat> well, I'm in the like. You're in the thin of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the thin of it. There's uh, I think there there's eight episodes out now. Nope, I think there will be an eighth one on June first. Um, there's seven out now, and I, I think I, I think I've only watched three episodes. Anyway, guess I should keep watching. I will thank you all very much for listening. Thanks to those who are just discovering the show and giving us props. Shout out to Chandler for, uh, for shouting us, us out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Who's a uh, a very lovely human being. She is very lovely. Hey, and uh, we we haven't really talked about this in a little bit, but maybe we could start with having guests on our show. It has been talked about that we'd like to have a guest or two. Maybe yeah. for some key episodes. Yeah. Maybe for a group watch even. Yeah. Ooh, stay tuned, everyone. We're, we're tossing some ideas around. Mm, could be fun. And Shake while I won't, I won't spoil it here, maybe I'll do another little quiz on Instagram. But I'm excited for what our next episode is going to be. And just what? to say, we're going to hit something, something big. So. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm curious. <laughs> I want you to tell me. Did you just Jeff laugh at me? <laughs> that was for Samantha. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. All right, and we'll see you else. next time. <laughs>